Greetings, Ginger here. We have got uh, the most important interview that we've done so far on Fighting the Void, and that is with Andrew Pollock. Who is Andrew Pollock, you ask? You may recall back in 2018, there was a really terrible school shooting in Broward County, Florida. That was at the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. There were a number of children and teachers killed. Among them was Meadow Pollock, the uh, daughter of Andrew Pollock. And ever since then, he and his whole family have really dedicated themselves to trying to find ways to improve the security at our schools so that something like this does not happen again. And uh, thanks to my friend Sean Blair, we had the opportunity to interview him. So uh, myself and Crystal, we spent about an hour talking to him about the struggle this, that he's had trying to get things done, the successes that he's had, getting some legislation passed through uh, through at the state level in Florida, which is is really, really good. It's a step in the right direction, although there's still a long, long ways to go. Now, uh, you'll notice during the video that the uh, software gets a little weird at times. Sometimes uh, one or more of us uh, are showing up twice, and it's, it's a little choppy. The connection wasn't the best. So uh, forgive that a little bit, and I hope you'll be able to uh, still enjoy and learn a lot from this video. In the near future, I plan on putting out a strictly audio version of this, just so that you know you don't have to uh, sit and watch the choppy video. You can just take in the audio. So, um, all that being said, uh, sit back and enjoy. And again, this is easily the most important show we've done. To so for for the benefit of the audience, uh, this is uh, Andrew Pollock. And yep. he is uh, the father of Meadow Pollock, one of the victims of the Parkland shooting back uh, February 14, uh, earlier this year, 2018. And ever since then, he has been on a crusade to fix the schools, to fix security in the schools, and try to approach common sense solutions that, uh, that we really should all be able to agree on. Uh, so again, officially, uh, thank, thanks a lot for coming on, taking the time to talk about this. Um, sure. Has a, um, you know, as a father of several kids myself, and my oldest actually just entered high school this year. I have some, I, I have a sense of the importance of this. And uh, well, first of all, um, I guess we to refresh everyone's memory on exactly. What what went on and everything? We know. Uh, we, we we know that there was a lot of controversy around the school and everything with uh, Sheriff Israel with the board and everything, and a lot of there was a lot of dropping the ball, a lot of missed warning signs uh, leading up uh, leading up to the shooting. And has there been any movement there? Any any sort of success in getting accountability? Oh, that, that's what I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm the only person, you know, like a one-man uh, wrecking machine here in Broward. Because there's a lot of people, what got me so, and well, my daughter got, getting murdered got me involved with it. That'll, that'll get you involved with something. Yeah. And then just the, all the focus after the shooting was mostly uh, about guns and gun control. As it, as it seems to be with every single one. Yep, for 20 years that's been it, and uh, and nothing's happened, you know. 
there's been no change. Right. I, honestly, I kind of stopped um, thinking Never that there been. would be after Sandy Hook. Uh, after Sandy Hook happened, that was... Virginia Tech, Rob, you can't talk here. Uh, or, or Virginia Tech or Columbine, uh, you'd think there would have been some changes in hardening to the schools. But really, even to this day, uh, any student and, and most schools could walk right into the school with any type of weapon. And if he wanted to commit an evil act, he, he could get he could do it. And this is largely true. Um, many of uh, where I'm at, there is some rudimentary security at many of the schools, both public and private. But it's, in all fairness, it's highly rudimentary. It's, you know, they, they, they check to make sure that you're a familiar face before they open the door during school hours. And really, that's about it. Uh, yep. And that's only after uh, drop. That's only after drop off. You know, once everybody's kind of in the school, th then they lock the doors. But before that, while everybody's coming in, yep. It, there's there, a there is a morning, and there is parents are just dropping their kids off, and they can't get into the school because it's locked. So there's got to be at least a hundred, hundred and fifty kids lined up in front of the school with no SRO. The SRO doesn't show up till some way after nine o'clock and the parents are just okay with it dropping their kids off hundred and something kids in front of the school with, with no security yeah and that's from douglas uh, where the shooting took that's it, honestly that's a little amazing that there's so little consideration so close uh to, to one of these tragic shootings that so close the parents aren't thinking about it at all and i mean i'm i'm thinking about it and yeah I, you know you got it yeah. I think everyone out there was like me. You know, oh, it can't happen to me. How's right. it, you know, I'm going to go to the school and, and she's safe. But, you know, there's parents a mile from the school dropping their kids off at this middle school, one after the other, lining up right in the parking lot, a couple of hundred kids in the morning with, with no security, and they just keep dropping them off every morning I pass by there. That's, that's crazy. Uh, have you been... Out of curiosity, have you been in contact with anybody there to to, to discuss that at all, to, to kind of bring it to their attention? I mentioned it once, and I don't know. I feel like I'm living in Broward County, and there's – I can't even – it's like uh, Broward County is the third most Democratic county in, in the country. Okay. And I, and I did – I did a, what most people never do. We, I ran a campaign – in Broward to change the school board. You know, the primaries were in August, and okay. I gave it my call in Broward to get the, the school board where we would be able to have a, a majority of votes so we could actually make a change in Broward. And I gave uh, like three months of my life and soul into this campaign to make a change for Broward. And uh, Broward was okay with this, the same people there running it. My uh, candidate who was more qualified than any other candidate in the school board, uh, we came up short and they decided to keep the same people with the same policies that led up the February 14th in the school board. And there's numerous, every day there's another article coming out of how mm -hmm. incompetent the school board is in Broward. And and they, they all voted, you know, they all voted Democrat, you know. And I'm, I'm you know, when it comes to school board, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be about part. It's a nonpartisan race. No, but here, uh, yeah. Broward, here in Broward, you could have Satan himself on the ticket as a Democrat, and you could have Jesus Christ as a Republican, 
and the people of Broward are going to vote for Satan, the Democrat. Even in a school board race, when it's what not, they didn't do what was righteous. They went, they picked their party ahead of what was right for the children and the teachers. And I got pretty much disgusted with that because I would never do that. I would never pick my party over what was righteous. And the people of Broward did. No, uh, that is that that is distressing because the the, the as you said the incompetence of the school board. It's, it's, this is no secret. <laughs> Everybody is anyone who's followed this at all should be well well familiar with the fact that they missed every single warning sign. They had every opportunity to prevent this, and the idea that partisanship, especially in the face of like what you're trying to do with americansforclass.org it's explicitly nonpartisan in it your approach when it comes to our children and our teachers safety it shouldn't be what party you're affiliated with it should be what's right for the kids and the, and the children it shouldn't be about uh, focusing on gun control it shouldn't be focusing on party it should be focusing on focusing on what's the best what's best for our kids and our teachers right now what could we do at the schools right now to make them safer? And what Brad Broward didn't do that, they have actually the same people uh, working in the school board. Some of them actually got raises in Broward County, uh, the, the administrators. The person that did the threat assessment on uh, 181958, we'll call him, that's his prison ID number. That person got a raise in Broward uh, who did his threat assessment. And... Uh, what we could get into also is the policies brought to Broward uh, from the superintendent that promotes uh, underreporting and not reporting uh, crimes that are committed in the school district, which I feel is, is it's uh, running uh, rampant right now in Broward with underreporting, and it really does the children a disservice mm -hmm. by not uh, introducing them to the judicial system when they're under 18. Right. I think mm -hmm. if they were introduced to it at a younger age, they would learn their lesson and, and not want to do it when they get older. So sort what they're doing is the opposite. In Broward, yeah. felony rates from children, uh, adults from 18 to 25, has skyrocketed in Broward. But they mm -hmm. don't. See, the mentality of Broward doesn't seem to see that, where I do, because I speak to the sheriff's union on a daily basis. Right. Now, I'm curious... The, is it is everything we're talking about here the missteps of the board, missteps of the sheriff's department, and everything? Is that is that common knowledge amongst the amongst the community in in Broward County, or is or or most of them just un, unaware? Is this not getting covered by like local news? I'm curious. But it just it's really uh, I I came to the conclusion that maybe people just don't care because it's in the papers every day. I preached it all through the campaign. Uh, the sheriff, the sheriff has gotten two. Uh, there was two tips to the sheriff's office that this kid was going to be a shooter. Mm -hmm. They they reassign the deputies. Uh, they don't, you know, nothing happens to them. Uh, the deputy that didn't go in the building that day, he was able to resign with his pension. Uh, there's numerous articles every day almost about how they mismanage money. Uh, the FBI dropped the ball. Uh, his mental health. Uh, his mental health counselors, they didn't drop, they dropped the ball. And it's all out in the open, but it just seems there's a very small minority of people that actually care. And it's really, uh, 
it get it hurts me because that's how I guess how society is going in that direction. People just honestly, they just don't care. Yeah, it does. Honestly, there it does seem to be a general lack of. Um, <laughs> there, there seems to be a widespread apathy, if if if, if anything, which is. Which is distressing, but that, that's a, that's a significantly wider issue. Um, now, let's. I kind of want to talk about what specifically it is that that you're advocating uh, with yeah. with Americans for Class. Uh, first of all, Class is an acronym. What what does that stand for? Children's Lives and School Safety. Because eventually, uh, I'd like to focus too on the opiates uh, problems for children. So uh, that's why I like to incorporate children's lives. And school safety down the road. Makes sense. Big uh, problem: the opiates. What's going on? Uh, this, it's like I don't know, 200, 300 deaths a day of uh, kids. Those, oh. I think, uh, the opiates. But I, my numbers could be wrong. Someone who lost their daughter, uh, a friend of mine, told me that that's about the number. Oh wow! And um, well, I, I, I don't want to go too much into the uh, into the yeah. into the friend situation, but. Um, is is this largely through like overprescription, misprescription, or is this like stuff on the street? I'm just curious before we uh, get I into the school stuff again. Me about it because I've really been focusing on schools. Fair enough. But I just going to incorporate that. Okay. Because we could do a lot with everything with, with the Americans for class. I don't want to just because I want to focus on children's lives also and Absolutely. like safety. So yeah. uh, he's a lot of it. They're getting in the medicine cabinets, a lot of kids. You know, you people get a prescription for pain pills, and then their parents, and they put it in the, they put it in the cabinet, and they forget about it, you know. Mom and dad's so, prescriptions. That way, and, okay. Yeah, prescription drugs and, and stuff like that. But it's something that we definitely need to focus on that also. Agreed. But now with, uh, now with Americans for Class, you've got a number of uh, proposed measures that, that every school should in it should enact in order to uh, secure themselves. Uh, what are what are some of those? Well, what well, as I've been more and more, I learned, you know, uh, mm -hmm. from what I went through. And my biggest thing is one of it is parent involvement. You know, parents they took they took education away from the parents now, and it's run by bureaucrats. A lot of bureaucrats and like the school boards and they're running education and parents are just really, they're not involved as much as like when I was growing up, they mm -hmm. took an interest more. And it's just, I guess that's how society is too. Now you have the parents, both parents have to work. Mm -hmm. uh, they're not focusing more, you know, they don't have the time uh, to stand to, to look into their kids' education and, and the policies mm -hmm. that go on at the schools, because mm -hmm. that, that policy, uh, that's the policy that led up to, the kid that killed my daughter never getting arrested, and that policy is in Broward <coughs> County, and they call it the Promise Program. So it's very important to get involved with your kids and, and the community and see what's going on because there's options. You got virtual school, you got charter schools and mm -hmm. private schools. And if you're in Florida, but they have a voucher program oh, in nice. Florida that, that helps with uh, if you can't afford private school. There's certain money, like the state of Florida, it's about $20 million for families and vouchers to be able to send them to private school. So parents should explore their options 
if they're not so happy with just sending their kids to a public school because there are options. Uh, yeah, and that's actually great. I didn't know about Florida's uh, voucher program, and that's something that, frankly, I would love to see nationwide is that so that, you know, you could send your kid to another private school that, in addition to other things, might have better security. <laughs> and uh, well, about that now because it means a lot to me to have a choice for parents. Right. The governor's race now mm -hmm. in Florida, and it's pretty. Uh, it's uh, Andrew Gellum, the Democrat, mm -hmm. socialist, yep. and Ron DeSantis, who's a Republican. Mm -hmm. uh, he's running for office also. So Andrew Gellum is against those vouchers of freedom of choice for parents, uh, where oh. uh, yeah, yes, horrible. You know what I mean? And so, because I know about it, because I went, I was just even a. Last week, I went to the temple that I belong to, and I was mm -hmm. talking to the rabbi. They run like a yeshiva for uh, very religious children. Mm -hmm. And they, that alone, that school gets a million three to help fund it and send kids to the school. And he was worried about it at the temple, and he was telling me, he was talking to me, you got to talk to Ron DeSantis. We really need to get him in to be governor because Gellums is all about sending, uh, sending your kid to a public school because they're all about that uh, teachers right. union, yep. which doesn't really represent teachers, but they want he wants the money going to the public schools so they could control it there with the union and the school board and, and that route. But where Ron DeSantis is, he's for freedom of choice of, and charter schools. Charter schools are great. I work mm -hmm. with some charter schools in town. Uh, parents should look into that. They don't have to deal with the same policies as the school boards. This so it's run more like a business, more of a, capitalism mm -hmm. that yep. which mm -hmm. a lot to me yeah my, uh, my my own children actually go to a charter school and uh great mm -hmm. and, and crystal you actually went to a virtual school if, 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 is that correct yeah I, I i went to a charter school for eight years and i and for the last three years four for i think three because i got a year early the rest of my school career was virtual um was virtual schooling, and it's really they're not just taking away the freedom of choice from the parents; they're taking it away from the kids as well. Because kids work it better in different environments. Like for me, even though I was more successful, so I, I I was more successful, so I didn't exactly do as well as I did in my last two years of school as I did previously. But I worked better in virtual school because I'm more of an independent worker, and right. that was just a better environment. Well, yep. other students work better with others with other kids around them. So charter or private or public would be better. Yep, and the thing I like, you know, charter school is is run as a business. Mm -hmm. So they want it. They want to make uh, an, the education process better. They want word of mouth. They want people coming to their charter school. They want it safer. Uh, just alone, where I am in Broward, they're all doing single point of entries. Yep. Um, uniforms you know a lot of kids need that structure mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. too. we're in a public school you're not going to get that you know and what's interesting too why we're talking about charter schools we started a pilot program uh, in Broward County with charter schools USA we have a program called class watch it's on uh, it's on America it's on my website mm -hmm. class watch is uh, like neighborhood watch but where parents get involved at the schools where they could come uh, at drop-off 
and be an extra set of eyes at drop-off and dismissal and greet the kids and just see the kids and just be a little perimeter. You know, they'll have a radio to talk to the, to the uh, police officer or the office and just greet the kids, and that's it, and be an extra set of eyes at schools. And we tried it with the public school, and we got no answer from the public school, but the charter schools, they're all for it. That's great. And you would think, uh-huh. you would think with the public schools and everything that that at least – would be something that they would be willing to like just sign directly onto because it's entirely volunteer. It doesn't cost any money on their part. It's just saying, yeah, parents, uh, you know, maybe they have to shell out for a radio, as you say, and that's about it. That's it. And the parents would be lining up to be able to do that. Parents that have, because it's only an hour in the morning mm-hmm. and an hour in the afternoon. So you, it, a parent could give two hours and, and that's a day. You know, how many parents could go, give two hours for the month? Oh, and just yeah. be cool. It would have, it would have stopped the shooting with my daughter. You know what I mean? He would, they would have had a competent person there just watching, you know, uh, be there, and and he wouldn't have passed them. He would, they would have stopped it. So mm-hmm. it really can make a big difference at these schools. This class watch program that we're, we're piloting. Yeah, and that's again, yeah. that's just a simple thing, uh, extremely low cost measure, that I you know I know as my, if, as far as my schedule allows, yeah, absolutely. Hey, Go to a charter school. I'm sorry, what? Your kids, your children go to a charter school. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah. Don't they? Uh, you have to do like a certain amount of hours volunteering per year. Is it, that vary, true? it varies from school to school, and this school doesn't really have that requirement. It's kind of a. It's a. It's actually a publicly funded charter school. It's kind of an interesting. Uh, it's an interesting mix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like the uh, the private school that we went to before. They actually did have certain uh, requirements for volunteer hours and all of that. So, so yeah, I'm certainly familiar with the concept. And I just know uh, a lot of the private schools wouldn't put up with the, uh, the, the, the disciplinary uh, leniency that the public schools do. This like is 100% I, true. Yes. I, coach, I coach at a Catholic school in Fort Lauderdale, of course. Okay. Yep. And the kids there are so humble, they know that they're just going to get expelled. They know the consequence. Right. Where public school, there's no consequence or accountability in Broward. So it just creates a terrible culture for the teachers, for every, and even the students that want to go there and learn. Yeah. And yeah. The, the same thing exists actually where I'm at, even though, I mean, this is a pretty old school uh, traditional community where I'm at, but even there, the private schools, there's a distinct difference in how the kids behave versus how. Uh, they're allowed to behave in the in the public schools, and that's something that I've learned talking to uh, yep. teachers and parents whose kids have had to leave the private school and move on to like a public school setting due to uh, for for like high school and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, the problem I have with the public school is with their bureaucracy and and the, their leniency. They 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 were so worried about the small minority of kids that have these problems mm-hmm. and they're not worried about the majority of the kids that want to go there and just be regular kids and learn you know and yeah. i'm not saying don't take care of the kids you know right, like that right. ment- the kid that had that mental illness that killed my daughter but he should have never been in that school with my daughter he sent no. up every red bag and and they're worried about this one kid right but then what about the three thousand kids that were at that school that are kids right here like your children that want to just go and learn and have a good time with their friends and go out on, on a Friday night to a football party and, and just enjoy life. But they're so worried about 
what this what's going to be with this kid that they don't take into into uh, the situation of all the other three thousand kids at the school. That, exactly, that, you coddle one at the. Yeah, I, if I would have known this psycho was at the school, I never would have had my daughter there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, now, um, your organization, you, also, you you propose a lot of other things as well, um, not just, you know, volunteer parents, but you're advocating uh, for hiring, uh, like, veterans and retired police officers yeah, and everything. That to, yeah, Florida bill, that uh, Senate bill 7026, we okay. got that weeks after with the help of Governor Scott. He's running for the Senate. Uh, a big part of that bill was named after one of the coaches that ran into the building unarmed. His name was Aaron Feiss, and he went into that building that day unarmed, and he got murdered. And we named the part of that bill uh, the Aaron Feiss Guardian Program, where he uh, uh, part of it is training the right personnel to work at schools. Yeah, and that. I, I, what kind of response have you got on that? Uh, from talking it's to people. So, you know, in Broward, they voted, if you could believe it, it was voted 9-0 against having trained personnel at the school on 9-0. So I went, I don't really deal in Broward that much. I go to a, right. some other companies that have ideologies like I do. Gotcha. And yep. they got it right away. I went up there. I worked with the school board, the sheriff. They got it passed. So in Polk County, Florida, every school was ready for the school year, elementary to high school, with trained armed guards, thirty percent wow. of them, thirty percent of them were uh, veterans. Another thirty percent was uh, retired law enforcement, and the other thirty percent were people that could pass, you know, just civilians. But to be honest, forty percent—it's so difficult the course that forty percent would fail out. So eventually, wow. Brow eventually Broward voted again to pass it because they. They had to comply with the law in, in Florida that every school have an armed guard. So eventually they had to comply. Okay, so it got passed. So it, it is part of state law now that they need to Most have an armed the, guard. I know. The last time I checked, 21 counties in Florida had the guardians in it. And some people just can't, they can't figure it out, some of these counties. Okay, well, that's one, that's fantastic that you've had that level of success yeah, over already. County. Now, um... Just to be clear, we are talking about not just any any teacher or if anything that decides, hey, I want to, you know, I want to be able to carry a, a gun to school. We're talking about people who know what they're doing, who are experienced, yes. and if they don't already have the background, they've got to go through something that they've got to go through a program that will give them that level of competency that they need. Yes. But to tell you the truth, like after seeing it, mm -hmm. how they... Uh how tough the course is. Yeah. You know, it's very difficult to pass this class. I'm telling you, like 40% wash out. Wow. And, and it's about 140 hours. So it's not like the media wants to make you think that you're going to send, a, like, a home ec teacher for the weekend. You know, if you watch CNN, they'll right. say, okay, send the home ec teacher to this class for the weekend, mm -hmm. and then Monday we're going to send her in with a firearm to the school. So it's the furthest from that. It's a 140-hour course with so much training, uh, specifically for school scenarios. Uh, well, my son was, uh, are you there? Yeah, yeah. Can yeah, you see me? Uh, yep, yep, I can see you. You froze up okay. for a second there, but we're good. Hey, you see me or no? Um, not now. 
I can still hear you. There you go. Okay, there we are. Yeah, so it's specifically for school scenarios how they train these women, and, you know, men and women. Mm -hmm. and, and I've seen it. They have uh, houses, they call them sim houses, where they put them through rooms and they train them. They train them going wow. upstairs. They have a simulator uh, for school scenarios on a, on a projection, you know, like, a, like a, you're watching like a TV and they, they put you through the building. Wow. And they hold to a higher accuracy than regular deputies. They have to shoot more accurate than a regular deputy. So if any teacher was able to go through that and pass it, I'd be okay with it. You know, that's how difficult it is. And I'd, I'd want it. If, if a teacher wanted to go and do that and get a stipend, you know, for working, and they passed it, they're so highly trained But at the end of that 140 hours that any parent that watches it should be okay with that. Yeah, honestly, that sounds uh, pretty darn impressive, yeah, actually. The media made it all about, yeah, we're going to arm teachers. Right. It's really nothing like that. It's the furthest from that. But, and it's very high. Very, the training's immense. You know, I couldn't tell you how good the training is. I actually, I work at a, I work at a power plant where we have a lot of, a nuclear power plant, actually. Where I thought we, it so we have, hard, so yeah. Here, you know. No, that's right. I, uh, get... I, I work at a nuclear power plant, and we have a uh, we have a lot of armed security, obviously. And honestly, that sounds more rigorous in many ways than the program our security officers have to have to go through. Talk about like uh, you already mentioned single point entry, metal detectors, and things like that. Now I know uh, we've kind of addressed some of the criticisms that have come across. Uh, and how they're, they're largely unfounded. Um, one of the criticisms I've heard of that <laughs> approach is, you know, creating a bottleneck and a target. Um, it occurs to me not unlike the uh, school that you mentioned where they're gathering outside an, uh, a locked door. Okay. Get the call. Uh, yeah. Well, think about it. Are you there? Yeah. Go to the courthouse. There's lines at the courthouse. You know what I'm saying? Yep. You ever hear anyone lying? You know what I mean? You could always fight a, something wrong with anything. Mm -hmm. But So they have to have a guard out in front. I, you know what I mean? Yep. I go to the I wait online. You go to, you're at the uh, the airport. There's a long line when you take your, when you go through security. Mm -hmm. So, of course, there's not going to be any difference at school. They well, got to take that in, into consideration. Basically, Basically, suck it up and deal with the fact that it's going to take you five minutes more to get into school. <laughs> Don't you leave early now to get on a flight? Exactly. This is this is entirely true. Courthouse, if you know yeah. it's going to line you, you're going to leave early, so you don't mm -hmm. have so you don't miss them when they call your name inside the courtroom. Yeah. So the plane. It's the same thing. Well, I guess where the concern comes in is that, um, because because it hasn't been that long since I was out of school, and even then, I remember. Because in middle school, I had to deal with going to lockers and carrying a bunch of stuff to my classes. And I think where the concern comes in of, of the bottleneck worry is that um, most schools only let you only start laying you in at a certain time. Yes. So, so, and then after that, you have only a short period of time to go to your locker, put away stuff, grab stuff, and then go to where your class is. And your class can either be close by or it can be far away. And I think where the concern comes in is like, okay, so if we have this thing and say say something happens where something gets detected and 
even though it ends up being an innocent thing, what's going to happen when you you arrive you arrive early, but you still have to wait because they only let you in at a certain time. You go in, something sets off the detector. They have to figure it out, and it could potentially cause a backup. So it's like, what what would be the solution to that? H- having schools start letting students in earlier, or what's the solution? Uh, society has changed since I went to school, and it's just something that you're going to have to deal with. You know, you're going to have to go. They're going to have to open up earlier. Right. It's the same thing after 9/11. What happened with the planes? You go mm-hmm. two hours early to the airport now. Mm-hmm. Nobody, none of, no one in their right mind would ever want kids to go through this. But what's yeah. the alternative? You're not safe in the school, or you're in the school and you're safe. You know that everyone that went through that school can't get in that school. You know, no kid. I don't think it's right that uh, society uh, accepts doing active shooter drills in the school. To me, it's unacceptable. We shouldn't have to. The kids and teachers should not be subject to doing that in their school. That's accepting a situation like that. To me, it's not acceptable. When my kid, my kid, my kid got murdered, but. When a kid goes to school and a teacher, they shouldn't have to worry about someone coming into the building, walking down the hallway, and being able to shoot them. The building should be a safe place to go to school. It should not be in a kid's mind that someone they have to do a drill where someone could get in the building and shoot them. So that I, I'm just that that's my feelings on the whole thing with these active shooter yeah. drills. The metal that I don't think there's a way that kids could feel safe in a school without the metal detectors. So I'm for metal detectors. Yeah. I'm for teachers feeling safe when they're in a building. Yeah. And I think unless there's another way they could do it, to, I'm not an expert at it, but I, I would want children and teachers, when they're in there learning uh, geometry, they're not thinking about someone being able to do walk in the hallway and kill them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, it, and I, you know, I can say, again, I work at a, nucle- at a nuclear power plant. We've got uh, security. We have, uh, we have metal detectors. <laughs> and I go through them every day. And we cycle hundreds of people through said metal detectors and everything every morning and every afternoon. Well, we don't—they don't—we don't have to go through them on the way out, obviously. But yep. you know, it's. It, are there sometimes backups? Yeah, you betcha. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for the most part, uh, it goes pretty smoothly, and it's not just metal detectors where we're at. We've got explosive, we've got explosive detectors as well that we have to go through, and uh, you know. Oh, there's other. Dude, yeah. dogs, you could dogs. have dogs, you know, that mm-hmm. check. Dogs could smell for gunpowder. They're pretty good because I'm not an expert, but I would just think that when you're in a school, the kids, we owe it to kids and teachers to be mm-hmm. safe when they're in a the school sitting there. Right. So however to do it, whatever means possible, that's what we should be working on. Yeah, and again, yeah, I could, having kids, I completely agree. And while normally uh, whenever there's anything on the ballot that says, Hey, give us more money for this. I'm like, eh, no. <laughs> but, but for this, for this, Brown, I'll, I'll give some shekels. They, they gave them money. Uh, they actually voted for money to give these people more money. The incompetent. They couldn't handle 800 million bond money. And on on the ballot in August at the primaries, they people voted to give them more money. Right. So you you can't give this if they're already incompetent. Why give them more money? But this is Broward County. That was something I actually think I saw mentioned on your website too. That um, and and looking to to implement this stuff for more safety and whatnot, you discovered or someone discovered that 
there were a lot of schools, specifically public schools, I think, where their security spending, they still had a lot left over in money that they could use. They were under-using yes. the money they had. Um, so I think just them using more of that to put, which makes it even more interesting that they give such a hard time to to implement some of this stuff like even just having parent volunteers like like they if there's money that's not being used then why not use it for stuff and it's like is it it just is it just like the culture in in some of these public schools like is it some of the parents too where it's like the parents are interested or something i i don't know what it yeah. is i'm actually kind of making me raise failed leadership in broward uh from the superintendent to the school board uh there was money put aside for fire alarms uh that's what i think you're referring to and uh, oh. a young adult kenneth preston who works with me and for mm -hmm. class he helps me on the website the accountability section he uncovered that there was a hundred million dollars that was supposed to, was supposed to be sent and allocated for Marjorie Stoneman Douglas for a new uh, fire alarm system that would put a delay so someone could actually check to see if there was really a fire before the alarm went. So uh, the way my daughter was murdered, she was on the third floor, and uh, so the shooter came in on the first floor. He fired about 90 rounds between the first floor and the second. When you fire a, a fire alarm, uh, a firearm, there's an exhaust. Smoke comes mm -hmm. out because there's a little explosion. Every time a bullet goes, it's an explosion. So there was smoke. The smoke from the sh from the shots being uh, shot round, round, uh, going off set the smoke alarms off. So my the, my daughter's teacher, how uh, she's just her IQ is was the worst ever possible you could ever have. So 90 rounds go off. My daughter texts her boyfriend. Uh, there's, there's shots going off, gunshots in the building, right? And then mm -hmm. she texts, oh, my God, now I hear the smoke alarm. So my daughter's teacher lets her out into the hallway with the 90 rounds that went off uh, without, without thinking. Just because the fire alarm went off, she says, let's go. Set. She lets all her kids out into the hallway to get shot in the hallway. Where other teachers, they... they uh, you know, what would more of a brain? Uh, they let they let their kids stay in the classrooms and they saved them. Where my daughter's teacher just lack of training, lack of IQ, and just no common sense. Uh, you know, those three things you put yeah. them together, faster. And she let my daughter out into gunfire because she heard the smoke alarm going off. So Man. and then she shot nine times. So even so, something so simple as an upgraded smoke detector. They didn't do it. They didn't upgrade it. It would have been a delay to make sure there really was a fire and she wouldn't have got let out into the hallway uh, because the fire alarms went off. And, and they didn't spend it and all the same people are there. And the only way to expose it now, I thought we would be able to expose it if we won the school board race, mm -hmm. but we didn't. So now I have a wrongful death case going against uh, the deputy that didn't go in the building. Right. So through my wrongful death case, I'll be able to expose everything that went wrong inside that school that led up to the 14th. And get it part of the public and legal record. Yeah, that's it. It didn't work with the campaign and politics. Mm -hmm. So maybe in the, the court system, uh, I, I could expose it to, through the court system. Now, I'm curious. Uh, I, I'm sure you've been in, you've been contacted by people all around the country. Have there 
have you been hearing from other people who have similar money mismanagement issues in their own uh, school districts? Because I got to think that uh, Broward ain't the only one. Well, I've been in touch with the families in Santa Fe that where that shooting was in May. Okay. And uh, people were murdered. And uh, I really haven't been looking into the money about the mismanagement of the money. I'm more interested in who didn't do their jobs and exposing them and, and the people that uh, just let everyone down and the underreporting and no reporting and how all this happened. And they have similar similar situation in Santa Fe with the underreporting of, of bullying and crimes. So I'm in touch with the families out there on a daily basis in Santa Fe working with them. They have similar issues, but like okay. I said, money, uh, that that'll come out in the in the case with the fire alarms. We're looking into that, but mostly is I want to expose the incompetence in Broward that let my uh, beautiful daughter get murdered that day. Yeah, yeah, and and it. I hate to think that this is actually much more widespread than just Broward well, or is. Santa Fe, and I'm sure it is. It's the diversionary programs. Mm. Yeah. Uh, these programs came uh, when Obama was president. Right. He had Arnie Duncan was the secretary of mm -hmm. education. Uh, Superintendent Runcy, Robert Runcy, worked in Chicago for Arnie Duncan. And my mm -hmm. luck, he came from Chicago. Uh, Broward County was, uh, they had a, a large uh, school to prison pipeline. A lot of kids... Uh, a lot of minorities and at-risk youth were getting arrested, mm -hmm. and they thought that their idea to what would be to do the right thing was to come to Broward, send uh, Superintendent Runcy from Chicago, where it's all, it's a mess in Chicago, but he came yeah. and brought these policies here to Broward of uh, let's not let's not hold kids accountable, let's put them into a program uh, that doesn't arrest them and we try and rehabilitate them, which. If it was implemented correctly, it would be I would be okay with it. But right. the way they implement it is they give them multiple crimes per school year, and then it creates a whole culture throughout the whole school district of not reporting crimes because they're pressured from the administrators down. And, uh, and so that's what it creates, this whole culture, and it doesn't work with no accountability. And if the teacher says boo, the teacher, uh, they don't like what's going on, right. The next year, they have one-year contracts. The next year, they come back in. They got the worst class with the worst students. So, it's a, it's gotcha. definitely oh, they, it's it's definitely across the country these diversionary programs. And it's treated like a uh, like the crime reporting and everything. It sounds like it's treated essentially like a performance indicator, and yeah. it is manipulated accordingly. <laughs> yeah, they know they work the numbers, mm -hmm. and there was funding for it, you know, to participate. And they're still pressured. Uh, school districts are still pressured uh, to, to, you know, have implement these policies that are in place in Broward. That's and I, I'm trying to get rid of them. That's what gets. That's one of the things that gets me. That we see the uh, keep coming back to is the fact that there's literally there were millions of dollars just sitting there, w waiting to be used to to address some of these things, and for whatever reason, no one managed. You no, know? here yeah. you go. You got most of these. Uh, board members, they're really, uh, they're not, you know, qualified. You know, just think about this. Broward County, uh, the, uh, the the budget for one year for Broward County schools is $4 billion. Wow. Okay, these school board, $4 billion. Can mm -hmm. you imagine? Yeah. So you, they got a school board member making $40,000 a year. 
if you had a company making four, it was a four billion dollar a year company. Are you going to have someone for forty thousand dollars running your company? No. No. So they got they have these people that you know they're running it. Mm -hmm. They hire this uh, superintendent that came from Chicago, and it's just a mess. The money's mismanaged. They can't. They, the policies the policies are horrendous. Uh, all the budgets are. Uh, they had like construction. They had a bond, eight hundred million dollar bond. It's all mismanaged. All the projects are behind. So now the projects are fifty percent more, you know, uh, to get completed, and right. they're all behind. And now they're just going to blame. Well, we have no money. We have no money. We can't finish the projects. That's yeah. what they do. Yeah, yeah. And then they ask ask for more, and so on and so forth. Yep. I, I, I yeah. Unfortunately, I know the way that game is played all too well. You know, having. Hey, having been in the military and just paid attention, <laughs> just paid attention to the way things are done and the way the your average campaign goes, it's you know, and they always uh, anytime anytime anybody wants more money, or yeah. does you know, or doesn't want to cut taxes, it's well, we got to take it away from schools and fire departments. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, and the teachers, the teachers yeah. get hope too. They do. But you know what? In our campaign, I I have no. Uh, I don't really, the teachers didn't come out and help us, so I don't care really what happens to these teachers in Broward County. Uh, we had a campaign, we had like four teachers come out and help us. Uh, two or three of them that were in the building that day that were, that witnessed the shooting. Mm -hmm. And then another couple other teachers, because we were, we were up against the teachers union, who really, they hired people. This teachers union hired people to come fight, argue with us at the polls, you know, uh, early voting. They would just hire these people to come. They don't represent the teachers because the teachers, they don't want those diversionary programs in the schools because they want kids held accountable. Yep. So the teacher union do doesn't represent the teachers, but the teachers didn't yeah. speak up because they're so worried. I don't know. They're worried about their jobs, mm -hmm. which uh, I guess that's so that was important to them. They had to worry about their jobs, so they couldn't come out and support putting new board members in uh, you know. the school. That's another great point. Uh, my wife's family has got a couple of teachers in it, and one of them uh, retired a couple of years ago, in part because of the issues she was having in the classroom, where she, the the policies prevented her from act, acting in a sort of disciplinary fashion with the kids. And uh, where she was, it was a rougher area where that's something you should really be concerned about. Well, you know, in some of the rougher areas, they're actually the schools are better. For security. Oh, that's got, true. That's true. You know, in case, you, know you, you don't really hear about the shooting shootings in the schools. You know, a lot of them have the metal detectors. They that's have the point. security trained. You know, your kids are actually safer in some of those schools than in, out in the suburbs. You know, that uh, uh, where my daughter went was rated one of the safest schools in the country. Huh. Yeah. Mm, it's. It's got to be a situation of in the suburbs, there's there's this false sense of security. And like, oh, we're in the suburbs. It's, 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 it's the case you hear all the time with like murders in like small towns where it's like everyone never locked their door until one day someone was murdered and they realized this could happen here too. It's, exactly. it, it's a common thing that happens all over the place across yeah, the country. Yeah, was a suburb. I went out, I, I went to Santa Fe after the shooting. I met with a couple of the families out there, and it, it's just a regular small town, just like uh, Parkland was. No one yeah. could ever think what happened there. Yeah. Now, um, have, 
I know you've I know you've been out. You've uh, spoken with the president about some of this a couple of times. Uh, is there anything Is there anything coming at the federal level that you're there on the commission? Okay. Uh, he uh, put his uh, cabinet uh, members uh, in a safety commission for schools. Mm -hmm. uh, he just uh, they just came out with an app in Florida. Okay. Uh, the attorney general, there's an app like the see something, say something. Okay. App. That goes to uh, the, the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. So children uh, or a parent could go on the app and report something suspicious. Mm -hmm. But really, they, I, I want the president to put an end to those diversionary programs with with Secretary DeVos. Uh, no school should ha not have these because I see what it creates, uh, how, what it did in Broward. Right. If that wasn't in place, that kid would have been arrested uh, before the shooting and he never would have been able to buy a rifle. So the gun laws, I tell people, all the gun laws were in place uh, February 14th. If people acted or did their jobs or cared, you know, the, the sheriff's office were to, at his house over 40 times. You're right. telling me, and they signed on to this diversionary program, mm -hmm. the sheriff's So yeah. Poor leadership with the sheriff uh, for not having a protocol in place like other counties, where after three times, someone's getting arrested. They go to a house or a supervisor goes out and, and, and they tell them right off the bat, if we come back to this house, someone's getting arrested. So they were actually to this kid's house 40 times, uh, never arrested or Baker acted. If he would have even been Baker acted once, a full Baker act where he was hospitalized, went through the courts, he never would have been able to buy a rifle. Uh, you know, there's in his medical records, they were actually talking about, they couldn't find a hatchet one summer, the kid at his house, during the summer, they couldn't find a hatchet, but in the fall, they let him go to school with my daughter, you know? And those and those kids, he was allowed to go to school, uh, but they were worried over the summer that they couldn't find his hatchet that was in the house. So it's just a, yeah. a flag and, and all that, and poor leadership in Broward from the sheriff to the mental illness, to the school board, to the mm -hmm. administrators, uh, to the FBI, everywhere. It's, it, it's astonishing. You know, uh, Sheriff Israel is actually still in office. Is that correct? Correct. That, honestly, that blows my mind. <laughs> Two votes for no confidence. With the, I deal with the union because uh, the union voted no confidence. Uh, I'm actually going to meet with the union on Friday with with uh, Congressman DeSantis. They gave him his endorsement because he's for holding uh, local uh, government accountable for when things like this happen. And that means a lot to me. So I've been endorsing uh uh, Ron DeSantis, just for holding people accountable. And it just just as it should be. It should be the local government that, that deals with us. It's, it shouldn't be that hard. Now, no, people need accountability, and it's just over here there's none in Broward, so it, it hurts me a lot because look what happened here to me. Yeah. Now, with, uh, with Americans for Class, how is that... How is that? How is that network growing? Are are you getting a lot of volunteers nationwide, or how is that developing so far? Well, we've been helping the families out in uh, Santa Fe all the time. Uh, we're putting out newsletters uh, to educate parents. That's my thing, really. Uh, I just want to educate parents to get involved. You know, that's the whole thing. How they could get involved, what they could do at the school. They could do a class watch, volunteer. Grandparents could go to a school and be a set of eyes. You don't need to be physically in shape or anything. All you need is to be able to press a button on a radio and be able to see who's coming in and out of the school. So parent involvement with the school boards. Who's running your school boards? Do they have 
ideology like you do. Are you okay with what they're doing? You know, you go to the meetings, you listen. And, and it's okay to send your kid to a virtual school or a charter school. There's options. You got to look at all those things. So I, I, I want to educate the best I can. I, I can't, I can't uh, control school boards, but I can educate parents. Absolutely. And it, I, I took a look at it. I, I went through the website, reading through all the uh, proposed legislation and everything, and there, yes. there's nothing there that I would possibly disagree with. Uh, they, everything is, in fact, common sense. It makes it should be simple. It should be easy. Uh, you know, are, are there difficulties with certain things? Yeah, you bet. Of course there are. Um, and I understand uh, it's possible to volunteer and join the organization. Is that correct? Yeah, you could uh, call up. Uh, you could sign up for our newsletter at americansforclass.org, and we can walk you through a lot of things. And we have an accountability section. If uh, parents have questions, uh, that they could send us, and, and we'll get a response out to them. Fan that that's fantastic, and I strongly encourage anyone who's listening to act, take advantage of that opportunity because, uh, like I said, it looks it, everything looks like it's a really good, simple, common sense program with things that can be done literally right now. And right now. Parents should be doing it and getting involved. Yeah, and in all honesty, uh, you don't even necessarily—I mean, you don't even really need to have an official program to just hang out, hang out by the school a little bit, and just keep an eye out, man. Drop your kid off and stay there. See how it looks in an hour. Yeah. See how, mm -hmm. you know, if you feel safe, you know how they're letting kids in, how they're letting people in and out of the school. Mm -hmm. There's things you could do, and the policies—you got to look into everything. Yeah, actually, mm -hmm. gosh, there was a there, there was an incident just like that at our at our school recently. As a matter of fact, uh, my wife my wife texted me. Uh, she's like, "There's some dude walking around outside the school with a sword." I, really? I was like, "I'm like, what?" She's like, "Yeah, like, well, call the cops or <laughs> you know now." What's that? Was a student. Uh, I don't think it was a student or anything. It was just some random guy. Uh, it, you know, it may, he was gone by the time anybody saw and saw or, or could do anything. Um, yeah. You know, that over too good by my house. No, no. I mean, that's kind of well, it, it's kind of strange. It might have been it might have been innocent. There is a park right right near the school. Trekkies. <laughs> What's that? It was he was one of those trekkies. He had one of them. It, it could have been. It could have just been a nerd going to meet with a with his other nerd friends to practice in the park. I don't know. Or it could have been a psycho waiting for an opportunity at recess. Good. Never <laughs> know. Honestly... You got, got to think that. You know, the way society is, you can't be over cautious. Yeah, I would much rather be safe than sorry. And call the cops. And if a guy's got to answer some uncomfortable questions, yeah. so be it. Mm. And I'd also say that even students should look into what you're doing and and the website and whatnot because it, it's it'd be wise for students to just educate themselves on the stuff and learn and see what people like you are trying to do to better their safety when going to school we encourage students to write us because we have that accountability section where we could point them in directions if they want to look into their school board and see if the money is getting uh, appropriated to the right places very good help them do that some kids really like looking at numbers and uh, we have the accountability section where we have that student that would uh, he's really interested in looking in that type of stuff so if someone wants help 
looking into their school board, they could write us and we could point them in the how to do that. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, I think we're about uh, we're uh, we're about out of time here, so we'll let you get going. If you've got anything else you'd like to say, uh, go for That's it. it. Don't be too cautious. That's it. Okay. All right. Parents, it's everything. Absolutely, couldn't agree more. And so, again, Mr. Pollock, thank you so much for taking the time, and okay. uh, we'll let uh, we'll we'll let you uh, get back to your day, and uh, don't get too rained out by the hurricane. No, we're I'm nowhere near the hurricane. Oh. Hurricane north in the Panhandle. Uh, I'm in Southern Florida, so we don't even. That was just a little rain we got. It rains every day in Florida, but we're, we're nowhere near the hurricane. But I'm hammered pretty hard. All right. Well, again, right. uh, thank yeah. you very much, and um, again, good luck with everything that you're working on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye. Bye.